This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for your giving. Appreciate it so much. Hallelujah. Well, all this month, we're calling this the month of harvest. Now, it's not just going to be just this month, but we're emphasizing harvest this month. This is what it's about. The reason we're having our, our, our fall festival to, to reach out beyond our borders. Uh, and again, at the end of the service, we're going to pray for our, the, the list, the names you put up here in this container for families and neighbors and, and co-workers. We want to see God reach people. That's, that's, that's what it's about. We want to reach people. Amen? We don't want to keep this good news to ourselves. We want to reach people with the gospel. You know, we want to pray. We want to share our testimony. We want to share the love of God with people. We want to reach out, with, you know, to this fall festival. Listen, you know, we're not doing this for us. Amen? We, we don't need the fall festival. We're doing this as a bridge. There's some people that they just won't come in here you know, unless there's a bridge created that they can relate to. And we want this community to know that we're here not just for ourselves, but we're here and we care about them. And more importantly, God cares about them. And we are His eyes, we are His mouth, we are His feet in His hands, Passion Church. Well, we're talking all this month, our series is Who is God? Who is God? You know, that's the question that so many people, even in, even in our country where you think everybody has heard of the gospel, but you know, I guarantee you, if you were to do a every man interview on the street and just ask this question, who is God, I bet you'd get so many different answers. I mean, people got so many different ideas and concepts about God, who God is, if God is, and all of that. So we're talking about who is God? Last week we talked about that God was a God of hope. Man, I'm so glad He's a God of hope, the God of hope, aren't you? I'm glad we have hope, that we are not hopeless, we are not helpless, because we have access to God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad He said, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain the mercy and the grace and the help we need. There's always hope. If you've got faith in God, you always have hope. You will never be hopeless. And if you're not hopeless, you won't be helpless. Amen? Because He's the God of hope. (laughs) Amen. We're going to talk about God some more today. Who is God? He's the God of peace. You know, in the Old Testament, God revealed Himself through seven redemptive names. And one of those is uh, redemptive names was Jehovah Shalom. And that word shalom means peace. And it really means even more than that. It really means prosperity. Now here in America, because we're so materialistic minded, I'm not speaking of you specifically, but in our culture, that when we say prosperity, you know what most people think of? Money. And that is probably the lowest level of prosperity that the Bible talks about. And so that's, this is why when we, we, you know, they say the end preachers are prosperity preachers. You better believe it. 
I want your soul to prosper. I want your spirit to prosper. I want your body to prosper. I want your relationships to prosper. I want your marriage to prosper. I want your kids to prosper. I mean, what do you want? You want them sick and broke up and broke down and full of hate? Is that what you want? Well, see, we've got to expand our understanding. Jehovah Shalom. Peace. The peace of God comes when God redeems every area of our life. And every area of our life is being, that need is being met by God's grace. So that there is no lack. If, you know, wherever there's lack in our life, there's going to be a lack of peace. Come on. Fear is a lack of peace. Worry is a lack of peace. Hell, uh, sickness will bring a lack of peace. Not enough money will bring a lack of peace. Wrong relationships where we're, we're being mean and hateful and we won't forgive and love one another. It, it, there's no peace. Amen. So I say to you, shalom. <laughs> Amen. Shalom, he's the God of peace. Look in Romans 14. He is the God of peace. Peace is that sweet release from guilt and shame and condemnation. And it frees us from the fear of lack in every area of our life. I'm at peace. Romans 14 Let's get over there and read that real quickly. Romans 14, 17. Notice what he says here. He says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. In other words, right being brought back into what? Right standing with God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith in what He did at Calvary. He bore our sins. He took our sicknesses. By His stripes we're healed. So we, the Bible says in Romans 5, says, being, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. It's, he said the kingdom of God is this, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Boy, I like that. Righteousness, not a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness that is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad I don't have to do everything just right. I didn't have to cross every T and dot every I and, and keep every law and do everything just right before God would forgive me and love me, accept me, and put me in right relationship with Him. Listen, we have, we've been brought into the kingdom. This word peace here in, in this verse, it literally means to set at one again. That's what peace is. It's to set at one again. We know this, God created man in the beginning, didn't He? We look over there in the Garden of Eden, God created man in His own image. And when He created Adam and Eve, man and woman, they were at peace. They were at one with God. They were at one within themselves. They were at one within the creation that God had given them. They were at peace. Spirit, soul, body, relationships, they were at peace. You ever known that peace? Oh, man. Nothing like it when that peace just settles on you and you're like, oh, man. It, I'm telling you what, money can't buy it, can it? Oh, you just lay your head down on that pillow and you know, man, I'm at one with God. 
Everything's right between me and God. God's got it. God's got my problems. God's got my body. God's got my spirit. God's got my future. God's got my now. Oh, it's all good. I'm at peace. I'm at one. That's what it means to set at one again. It also means quietness and assurance. Look over in Isaiah 32. Quietness and assurance. Oh, I like that. You know, you ever had trouble getting your mind quiet? Oh, man, I have, you know. You're busy during the day. You got all this stuff running through you, and you're trying to wind down. I call it winding down for, to get ready so you can sleep, and your mind's just running 90 to nothing, isn't it? All the things you've dealt with today, maybe things that happened, things, problems at work or problems with a coworker, or, you know, or whoever it might be, and all that's running through you. That's when I, uh, man, it's great to just, you know, the old uh, Quakers, they used to call it centering down. In other words, get back in touch with God in your life. The Bible says that God is living in our spirit, in our inner man. But sometimes, you know, uh, the world outside is so loud, our mind is so loud, our thoughts are so loud that we don't see Him. You know, that's when we need to learn how to get quiet. You, you know, maybe before you go to bed, just, you know, take some time to just get, get still with God and just get quiet, get in touch with God again. Notice here in Isaiah 32, verse 17, it says, The fruit of righteousness will be peace. In other words, for us who are believers, the fruit of having been made right with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, what is the first thing that we should experience? Peace. Do you, can you remember when you first got saved? Boy, I can. And you know, that was one of the first things for me that really came to bear. I came to be conscious of and realize there was a peace. Man, I hadn't, I'd never known peace like that. I was like, well, I, I mean, it was, I mean, I, at the time I thought, boy, I don't want to do anything to disturb this peace. Man, I like this. This is good, isn't it? I don't want to disrupt this peace. I don't want to interrupt this peace, you know. But, you know, being a young Christian, I didn't know how to, so I didn't know how to keep that peace. So sometimes I'd lose that peace. But I found out, you know, the way to keep that peace is to cultivate that relationship with God. Spend time with God every day. I'm going to center down, whether it's the beginning of my day or at the end of my day. But sometimes, you know, I'm going to remind myself that, you know what? I belong to God. That all my sins are forgiven. That my now and my future are in God's hand. He said, in righteousness, you, the, you, the fruit of righteousness will be peace and its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Oh, man. I don't know about you, but I, I could just go home now and be happy. Rest, peace, rest. God wants you at rest. He doesn't want your mind churning. He doesn't want your insides turning in and out. He doesn't want all of that going on in your life. We were called for peace. We're talking about who is God. He's a God of peace. And if you don't know Him, if you don't have that peace, listen, today God extends the free gift of righteousness to you. It's a gift. Peace is a gift. Being forgiven is a gift. You can't earn it. You don't have to, you don't have to read 50, 59 chapters a day and pray 34 hours a day to, to get it. It's a free gift. 
You trust God. You come to God. And you just open and say, God, here it is. Here's all my stuff. Here's all my junk. Here's all my concerns. Here's all my fears. Just dump it on Him. Quietness and assurance. Confidence. There's an assurance with peace. Prosperity. The meeting of all of mankind's needs results in peace. You know, we talk about sometimes, you know, when we come to the Lord, the burden rolled away. Well, you know, that's the reason you have peace. Because the burden was taken. Now, the problem is sometimes, and as we, we go about our Christian life, sometimes we pick up some burdens. I'm the only one. I'm preaching to myself. That's okay. I need it too. No, sometimes we pick up burdens, don't we? And we need to learn how to let go of them and let God take them and live in peace. You remember one of the, the times when they were, uh, Jesus commanded, you know, the disciples were going across the other side and Jesus was there in the boat in this particular case with them and he was asleep and a storm came up. And I mean, you know, and these guys, as you know, these guys were fishermen. You know, they'd seen storms on the lake before. These guys, and I mean, these guys were tough fishermen. I, I mean, I don't think Peter was some, you know, easily frightened person. Do you? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, two of them, he called them sons of thunder. That don't sound to me like, you know. I mean, so, you know, they weren't easily frightened, but they, I mean, the storm was so bad. I mean, they were thinking, we're going to die. You ever face something you thought, I'm going under. Boy, I've been there. And, but it said that Jesus was asleep in the boat. You know why? Because out of all those people, he's the only one that was living in peace. He had perfect peace. You know that boat was doing all, I mean, waves was coming. You ever been a, wind was blowing, the rain was blowing, everything? He's sound asleep. And you know, God wants to bring us into a place of relationship with Him and with the Holy Spirit and with His Word so that when the life is rocking our boat, and it does rock your boat, doesn't it? Absolutely it does. But we can still have peace. We can have the peace of God that passes what? All understanding. I remember, man, uh, back this summer, you know, when the doctor came in, and he gave me a bad report. Now, that, I'm not blaming the doctor. He didn't do it. He's just reporting the facts. And I remember when he told me that, I had a piece that was, I mean, it was just unnatural. I mean, while he was, he probably thought I was crazy or something. I don't know. What he, maybe he thought I was in shock or something. But I was, I had such a piece. Man, I had, it, I mean, I didn't have to try to work it up. I mean, I just, the whole time he's talking, I mean, I had a peace. I said, man, this is great. This is good, man. I smile on my face. He probably thinks I'm some kind of nut. I don't know. But this peace, you know, the starting place of it is it's a gift. It's a gift from God. Turn over to Ephesians 2. God gives us peace when we come into that salvation relationship, that sonship relationship, that daughtership relationship with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a peace that comes on us. Listen, if you have made Jesus Lord of your life, listen, let the peace of God, we're going to talk about this 
before we close. Let the peace of God rule and reign in your life. Don't, don't be disturbed by all the things that come against your life. Give them to God. Don't, I mean, you know, I, I, I share this story a lot, but, you know, you remember when uh, God was, through Moses, was bringing the plagues on Egypt because Pharaoh, you know, wouldn't let the children of Israel go. You remember that? And, you know, one of those plagues was the frogs. Remember that? And I mean, they said they had frogs everywhere. Had the, you know, they had frogs in the soup, frogs in Pharaoh's bed. I mean, when he got up, you know, to go to the bathroom, he was stepping on frogs. There was frogs in the wardrobe. There was frogs everywhere. I mean, frogs, 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 you know, everywhere, croaking and jumping and squishing. And I mean, frogs everywhere. Pharaoh said, man, I can't live like this. Go call Moses. He called Moses. Moses said, what what you want me to do? He said, I want you to get rid of these frogs. He said, well, when do you want me to get rid of them? He said, tomorrow. I don't know. He didn't get get to be Pharaoh because he was so sharp, did he? (laughs) But, you know, here's the thing. I've run into so many Christians that have a tomorrow mentality. Tomorrow, someday, one day. So before we get on Pharaoh, <laughs> we might want to look at it. No, listen, listen, God wants you to have peace today. Not one day, not someday. Today, 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 He wants you worry free. Today, He wants fear to be rid of your life. Today, He wants you to give every concern and every care, every problem to Him. Why would you not want to? I mean, I know you're, you're a lot smarter than I am, but I figured this out. I can't figure out all my problems. But if I give them to God, I'm, I'm confident that He can. You found Ephesians 2? I'm sure you have by now, hadn't you? Verse 14. For He Himself, He's speaking of Christ... Well, let's back up to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself, Jesus Christ, is our peace. Your peace is not in your bank account. Your peace is not in your possessions. Your peace is not in the fact that everything is pretty good in your life right now. Our peace is is in Jesus Christ. Our peace is in Him. That's where your peace is. So if you don't have peace, maybe you've moved away from that close relationship that you once had. I found this out. The further away we move from God in that relationship, the less peace I'm going to have. The less light I'm going to have. The less strength I'm going to have. The less wisdom I'm going to have. But the closer I am in that fellowship and that walk with God, the more peace I'm going to have, the more strength I'm going to have. He is our peace who has made the two groups. He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. One, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Listen, there is nothing now that has the power to separate us from God. 
Remember him reading that in Romans? Remember that? He said, well, life or death, not principalities, not powers, not demons, not, you know, not the present, not the future, not anything. But here's the thing. We can put another barrier up between us and God that steals our peace. See, when, when you're worrying, you've put up a barrier. That's separating, not, you're not, now I'm not saying you're not saved, but I'm saying you're setting up a barrier that separates you from the peace of God in your life. You fret and worry, and we're all tempted to do it, but that don't mean you have to do it. Isn't that right? Jesus was tempted without sin. We might be tempted to fret, tempted to worry, tempted to focus on our problems all the time, but listen... He has broken all the barriers down that separated us from God, that relationship. So now we can have perfect peace. And we don't need to allow anything in our life to come between us and that peace that is in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what happened to the apostles on the boat? They allowed the storm to separate what they could see to separate them from the peace that was at sleep in their boat. Peace was right there the whole time. I said peace was right there the whole time, wasn't he? Peace is, isn't God living in you? That's what the Scriptures teach us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, then, then peace is in your boat. Peace is at your house. Peace is in your heart. And it can be in your mind. Just don't let the barrier... It's going to try to get up there. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Man, fear and worry is going to try to get up there. Problems are going to rise up. They're going to try to separate you. And say, look at me, look at me. Oh, don't look at Jesus in the boat. Look at me, look at me. The word justified means to render innocent. You know how you, why you can have peace? You're innocent. If you, if you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says... You've been justified, or in other words, God, the judge of all, has declared you're innocent. Jesus suffered your punishment. He took your place. So, man, you talk about peace. What does it matter if uh, all these little things in this life come against me? God's going to help me handle them, and He's going to bring me through them, but I'm not going to let it rob my peace. You know why? Because He's declared, I am now innocent. No charges. Nothing can be brought against you. Not in any court let alone the devil's court. You know, the devil's court, you know what his court is called? Condemnation. Stop, stop going to the court of condemnation. There is, therefore, now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, I've asked you this before, but I'm going to remind you, when is now? How about now? That's good, isn't it? That it's always now. Condemnation and guilt are the thieves of God's peace. They, they're thieves of God's peace. Don't go to the court of guilt and condemnation. There is no condemnation. You say, yeah, but I, 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 I sinned. I messed up. I got mad. I, I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. Well, the Bible says if we have sin, what are we supposed to do? Confess it, not to some man, but confess it to our high priest, Jesus he said, if you confess your sins, He is faithful 
And he is just, after he's beat you up a couple of weeks. No, not. No, that's the devil's cord, isn't it? He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all what unrighteousness so that you're restored back, your righteousness is all shined up again, and in righteousness you will have peace and quietness and assurance. Oh, hallelujah. Amen? Peace with God first enables us to have what? Peace with others. See, once I realize that God has forgiven me, and accepted me, and that peace is on me, then you know what? People that do me wrong, it's real easy for me to forgive them. But when I'm living under condemnation and guilt, and I think, you know, and, I, and I, I feel like, you know, God's mad at me, or God's out to get me, then no wonder, you know, that you're not going to forgive anybody else. Because, see, the way you see God is the way you're going to treat people. If you see God as a judge, if He's out to get you, if God's mad at you, if He's, he's a mean old meanie up there and He's just waiting to knock you in the head, going to put cancer on all your kids, give you a couple of car wrecks this week because He's got to teach you something. I don't know where we got that junk from. Well, I do know. No. When we see that we have that peace and that relationship, we understand who God is. You know what? We're going to speak words of peace over people. We're going to release them from anything they owe us. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to us. I know that, but you do, and you're, that's what matters. Because you're, you're going to let somebody else be the custodian of your peace. You know? Don't do it. Letting peace rule my life. Real quickly, turn to Colossians 3. So we see where... The God of peace comes into our life. We see where that peace comes. But now we've got to do something to allow it to rule and reign in our life. Because as I said, life happens, doesn't it? So, so you know, it amazes me. Some people want to, you know, they want, they want you to explain every bad thing that's happened to them or somebody else. Amen. Did you know, if you, you ever... Hopefully you never have. If, you, if you've ever been in a wreck, you really know this. But how many of you have ever seen a wreck on the road or something? You know, when the first responders get here, you know, and that person's lying, you know, maybe inside one of the vehicles and they're, they're bloody and it's, the vehicle's all twisted up and everything. I mean, they, they don't stick it in their head and they say, whose fault was this? They don't come over there to the other vehicle where somebody's bleeding in there and say, what were you thinking? You must be an idiot. I mean, if that was you in the wreck, how would you, what would you think if a first responder did that? You know what the first responder does? First thing they're, they're concerned about is what? The well-being of the people that were in the wreck. How many times as believers do we see people who've had a wreck in their life, in their marriage, or somewhere else, and the first thing we want to tell them is, you dummy, what were you thinking? You must be an idiot. No. 
Let's be the first responders in God's love. The first responders, what? How can I help you? How can I make you better? Amen? Absolutely. So, peace. Letting peace rule in my heart. First, the inner man. Now, how many of you know the Bible says that we are spirit, we have a soul, mind, will, emotions, and we live in a body, our house. So we're three parts, and peace needs to be in all three. Now, we talked about being made right with God. That brings peace into our inner man. Therefore, being justified freely, we have peace. Where? In our spirit, in our inner man. A peace with God. That's where it starts. That's the fountainhead. That's where peace flows from. But God wants peace to be up here in this thing, because this is where I have the struggle. Isn't that right? This thing is processing all the events of the day, all the problems, all the facts, all the stuff that's happening in my life that I don't like, particularly that, right? That is not right. This thing wants to churn and churn and churn and figure it out and fret and worry. My mom, I, I love her dearly. She's with the Lord now. But, you know, she, she didn't know these things. She, she didn't have the opportunity to be taught these things. But she was a champion worrier. And listen, she had plenty to worry about. I mean, you know, back, this, this is back, you know, more than 50 years ago. She was a single mom. I mean, they didn't even have a lot of the terms they have now to define all this stuff. We just did what we had to do. You know, so, you know, here it was with, uh, you know, half the family, you know, separated. And here she is. She's got young kids and she's got health problems and all kind of things going on and she's got to try to make a living and everything and I mean you ladies uh, know how difficult it can be even now in in this century for women to make their way well think about in the early 60s what it was like it was difficult some of you some of you might know so she I'm not being critical but she was a champion warrior she didn't know how to to give give it to God she 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 had her a relationship with God in salvation, but she didn't know how to, to give it to God. She didn't know how to turn her faith loose, you know. So she just worried, you know, and you, you, know, and you do what they do. So, you know, maybe, maybe that was the case in your life. You, you had a parent that they, they, they were good people. They, they loved God, but they just didn't, they didn't know how to give things to God. They didn't know how to trust God, and they worried. And, you know, that's the natural human thing to do, isn't it? Is to worry. But it's like, I think it was, Cindy told me the other day, somebody said this, you know, worry is like, you know, a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. Worry doesn't get you anywhere. Jesus said, he said, worry, he said, worry, he said, you can't add, add more hair to your head by worrying. He said, you can't add more time to your life. By worrying. He said you can't increase your bank account by worrying. Remember that? that several things he said over there in, in Matthew 6, didn't he? He said, so why are you doing it? Why don't you give those problems to God who can do something about it? Give them, give them to God. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, it says that God will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind, whose thoughts is stayed upon Him. Isn't that right? How do I keep my thoughts upon Him? Right here, this Bible. 
I go find the antidote to my worry. Amen? This Bible has the antidote to every worry, every fear that can come into your life. Whatever it is, whether it's, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, this book has a promise from God that is the antidote to your worry and to your fear. And until you get the antidote, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to worry and you're going to be afraid. I'm just saying that, that because of the fall, that's the first thing that our mind wants to do. Until you get it renewed to the point to where you say, okay, wait a minute. Okay, now fear's trying to come against me. I'm tempted to worry here. But wait, what does God say? What does God say about it? And let Him have the last word. When, when, when the disciples got Jesus up and let Him have the last word, you know what it was? What did Jesus say? What did He speak into their situation? Peace. You ever notice, you read in the Scriptures when an angel would appear to somebody, you know what the first thing that they would say? Be not afraid, or they'd say peace. God's a God of peace. So here's the thing. When I find the promise of God, which is the antidote to my worry and fear that I'm tempted to do, you know, it's going to speak peace. Now, God's going to bring a solution to it, but the first thing is peace will come even before the problem's solved. Boy, that's what's good. Okay, the problem, it still looks like I got the symptom. It still, my bank account still looks like it reads what it read before. But you know what I've got now? I got peace. I can lay my head down and sleep. You know why? God's working on it. Let's look at another scripture real quickly here. Turn over to Philippians 4. We have to guard our heart, don't we? We know that. And our minds, we've got to guard it. And here Paul, writing to the Philippians, gives us the absolute perfect way to do it. Philippians 4, we're going to pick it up in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Yeah, well, well, now the big stuff, it's okay to worry about that. He said don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious. That means to fret, worry. Be fearful. Don't be anxious about it. But in every situation, in every situation, in every situation, by prayer. Now, let me just, in petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, let me talk about this a minute. Some people worry in different ways. You know, some people, their mind's running, trying to figure out how to, how to meet that need or how to solve that problem or whatever it is, and you run that. Some people, they worry through prayer. Because they're not expecting an answer. They're just, they're, just, they're just saying their worry out to God. Because here's the thing. If you give it to God, then He's got it. If He's got it, you don't. If you don't, then you won't be worrying. Sometimes, you know, it takes a while to give it to God. When I was growing up, 
you know, <clears throat> we didn't have all the gadgets that we have now. We certainly couldn't afford them if it, we did have them. But, you know, one of the things, you know, uh, you know, we had screen doors, you know, and, you know, an old farmhouse out in the country and everything. And, I mean, it was built up off the ground and, you know. We had all the amenities, though. It went, went, the summer it was hot and the winter it was cold. <laughs> we, I mean, it was air conditioned. <laughs> you know. But, you know, uh, one of the things was that the flies would come in. Because we lived out in the country, you know, and there was cows around and everything. You know, and they had this stuff, sticky stuff called fly paper. Now, some of you young people, you have to ask your parents about it. But, I mean, that stuff was so sticky. I mean, you know, if you, if you accidentally got, got hold of the sticky part, you almost couldn't let go of it yourself, could you? And sometimes that's the way worries are. Man, they're like fly paper. Man, they just, mm, okay, God, now God... Here it is. You know, you've had a situation. You've had a problem. Maybe it's a financial need or whatever. Okay, God, we're going to need, you know, an extra $200 or whatever it is. Now, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm believing in Jesus' name. My need is met. And, man, a few minutes later, that thought wants to hit you. Boy, I'll tell you what, if you don't get that money by Friday, you're in trouble. <laughs> Some of y'all laughing. Y'all been there, hadn't you? Man, sometimes it's like flypaper. And so you know what? You know, you've got you to go back through that again and say, nope, 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 nope. Now I'm giving that to God. I'm giving that to God. God said he'd meet all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I've given that to God. It's settled. Amen. A few minutes later. Now you know what he said. You ain't got that money. They're going to come get your car. And that, that's the way it is at times. You know, and so what you do is you, 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 you keep going back. You go back down and say, no, now I've given it to God. And see, that's why you need a promise. Because you need some leverage when that thing tries. Because it will try to come back. Oh, yeah. He said, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. See, that's why you, you have a promise. You say, nope, I've given it to God. Thank God I have His promise. Thank God I have His assurance. That's what He said. And see, if you will persevere in that, the peace of God will replace it and come on your mind. And I mean, that thing won't have any grip on you anymore. You can lay your head down and sleep. You say, God's got it. God's got it. God's taking care of it. I, listen, I'm not, this is not theory. I mean, I had to practice this too. Man, a lot of situations. Man, I'd be thousands and thousands of miles away from home on another continent. Call back home. How much money you got in the bank? None. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> you say that by faith, you know. You got kids to feed. You got rent to pay. You can't work because it's not legal for you to work in that country. You got things God called you to do for ministry. I mean, boy, you're tempted to worry. Yeah, I mean, that devil come to you and says, see, God didn't tell you to do that. You're in a pickle now. What you going to do now? What you going to do now? What you going to do now? Blah, blah, <laughs> You know, so when, man, you get alone, you get your Bible and say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God. God said, if I be willing and obedient, I'd eat the good of the land. I'm eating the good of the land in Jesus' name. I'm telling you. You better do it. 
If you don't, the devil will eat your lunch and pop your bag. See, the soul, the mind, and the emotions, that's where the turmoil is, isn't it? That's, where, that's what the circumstances of my life affect me the most is at that area. So he said, so the first thing he says, don't be anxious. But instead, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your quest to God. And the peace of God. Say the peace of God. Peace of God. Mm. Which transcends all understanding. I mean, just like when that doctor came in and he told me that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking right then. I said, boy, this, this is uncanny. I started thinking that to myself. Man, I was, this is uncanny. This is supernatural. This is good. Peace is good, isn't it? God, I love peace. I'd rather have peace than anything I can think of. I'd rather have peace than a new car. Some of you, that new car is stealing your peace. <laughs> I just felt prompted to say that. I don't know. <laughs> I'll understand. Well, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then here's the second part to it. And we've got to close. Finally, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever's true. He didn't say whatever the facts of your life were, whatever your circumstances are. He said whatever's true. What is truth? God's Word, isn't it? Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Think on those things. You're gonna, you, you know, you cannot not think. Can you? You ever tried to not think? Try not to think you're thinking about not thinking. <laughs> so you're going to think on something. He says, instead of, instead of thinking on the circumstances and the facts of your life, he said, think on these things. But see, you've got, you've got to know some things to think on some things. Isn't that right? All right, right now, I want everybody to think in Russian. What's the matter? Okay, I'll make it easier. Think in Chinese. Well, what's the problem? You say, if you don't speak Russian, you're not going to think in Russian, are you? If you don't have the Word of God in you, you're not going to be able to think on it. <laughs> you need the whole, the heavenly truth, the heavenly promise, the heavenly covenant in your mind so that you can think on it. Whatsoever things are good. Man, I know this, God is good. Amen. Jesus went about doing good. So I know he's still doing good. He's going to do good for me. There's a miracle on its way for me. Hallelujah. God's got this. I gave it to him. God is faithful. He's a refuge. He's a stronghold. He's holding my hand. Even if I slip, I won't fall down. I mean, I'm going to think on the good things of God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. Hallelujah. God is for me. He's not against me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. All the promises of God are yes and amen. See, I start thinking on good things. I'm accepted in the beloved. God is my Father. All the resources of heaven belong to me. 
Man, I start thinking on good things. Heaven is my home. My future is secure. My destiny is written down in heaven. It's eternally secure. Man, I start thinking on good things like that. Now, man, peace. So let me ask you, do you have peace this morning? Do you have peace? Spirit, soul, and body. God wants you to have peace in all of those areas, in your finances, in your relationship, in your family. And as we said, this peace we're talking about only comes from God. You can't get enough money. Listen, there are billionaires that don't have peace. They're worrying about how they're going to either keep their billions or make the next one, or they're worried about who's going to, you know, something's going to happen and take it all. Amen. It's one good thing about, you know, the fact... Of, of some of the places where God's led me and some of the play, circumstances I've been in, I don't fear lack anymore. I've been there and I'm still here. Poverty did not kill me. Lack did not overcome me. Hallelujah. I rose up again. Oh, stories I could tell you. Stories Cindy could tell you. Man, I mean, you know, we, we, there'd be times we had just, just enough money to buy food for that day. Oh, oh I don't want to be there, Pastor. Well, you better learn to let peace rule in your heart then, amen? Let peace rule in every area of your life. <clears throat> now, we're going to pray in a moment, but today we're... We're doing communion. Uh, if you didn't get the elements, if you raise your hand, the ushers will make sure you get, get some. Just raise your hand so they can locate you. Listen, we, we read where he said, Peace being justified by the, the shed blood and the broken body of Jesus. That's the source of peace. Until our hearts are re- reunited. By faith with, in Jesus Christ, reunited with God, there will be no peace. You can meditate all you want to. You can do the homes. You can, you can stand on your head. You can, I do all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you, you won't have any peace until your heart is right with God. But once you have that peace, oh my gosh. Man, I'm telling you, nothing can disturb you. You can rest. You can have assurance. You can have confidence about, confidence about today and tomorrow. The Bible says that it was Jesus' sacrifice at Calvary, that Jesus came for this purpose to be the Lamb of God without spot and without wrinkle and to give Himself as a sacrifice for us. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. But because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice, every sin in my life can be not only forgiven, but eradicated and removed from me as far as the east is from the west. That God will remember my sins and my iniquities no more. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about like the farmer now. He talked about hold my mule, I'm going to have to shout and preach myself happy. Now, I know, you know, Y'all did God a favor when y'all came to God. Boy, he didn't get no favors with me. Ooh, he just got a whole lot of work to do. But I'm so glad he's faithful to do it. And this morning as we 
prepare to receive the Lord's table. Listen, I want you to once again turn your thoughts to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, not only the sin of the world, but your sin, my sin. And this morning, if there's anything between you and God, right now is the time to get it right. You just confess it. Say, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. If you, if, you don't, if you don't know Jesus, right now is a good time with communion to just receive Him. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and that Jesus has been raised from the dead and we'll confess Him with our mouth, we'll be saved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> the Bible says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that He took the bread and He broke it passed it to his disciples, and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. The Bible says that by the stripes laid upon Jesus, we are healed. The crown of thorns was pressed into his brow for our peace of mind. This morning, as we partake of this, this bread, we by faith partake of his body. Let the peace of God just come upon your mind again. Give Him every care. Give Him every concern. Give Him every circumstance of your life that's not right. Just give it to Him right now. Father, thank You for the broken body of Jesus. Thank You for the thorns that were pressed on His brow that we might have peace, that we might have healing and wholeness in our bodies. If you need healing as you partake of this, this bread, Receive it right now. Let's eat together. Father, thank you. Thank you for peace. Thank you for peace of mind. We give you every care. We give you every concern. We give you every problem in our life. Thank you for peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for healing, Lord, in our bodies. Lord, strengthen our bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Receive healing. It's a free gift. You don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. Receive it. In the same way, the Scripture says, Jesus took the cup and He said, this cup is the covenant, the new covenant of my blood. He said, that is shed for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. God has made a way for our sins to be forgiven. He's made a way for us to be, come in the right relationship with Him, and it's by faith in the blood of Jesus. He was the perfect sacrifice. And no matter what we've done, it does not matter. The blood is greater. Where sin did abound, the Bible says, grace does much more abound. So as we partake of this cup, let your heart rest in the, your faith in the blood of Jesus. It is enough. It is sufficient. It is sufficient. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, that blood that washes away our sins, that blood that brings us back into right standing with you so that the peace of God can rule in our hearts and in our minds. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you have paid the price for my sins.
I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And I remember again and declare that I am free from condemnation and guilt and any accusation from the devil. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, guard your hearts this, this week. Let peace rule in your mind. Just settle. Let peace just settle on you like a warm blanket. Just let it, you know. And listen, guard your heart. Guard your heart. You know, I know this, you know, I don't know what circumstances you may be facing, probably facing all kinds of things. If not, there may be things that come up this week. But listen, you run to God. You run to His Word, to His promise. You give every care. You give every worry. You give every fear. You give it to Him immediately. Amen. Don't wait. Give it to Him immediately. Now, just before we go, we're going to pray. The, the, up here, these represent names of family members, neighbors, <clears throat> co-workers, different people that God's brought across our path. We're, we're believing. We're praying over these and believing for their salvation. We're believing God to use us, use you in their lives, or to send other people across their path. <clears throat> Just think of all these people got saved. When they get saved, they come in. Hallelujah. You might not have that front seat. They might get it before you. Well, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? God can bless you in the front, the back, the middle. Hallelujah. I wouldn't care if people were sitting on the altar. I had to step around them while I'm preaching. That won't bother me a bit. We've got so many kids and babies back there, we don't, we don't have to go on a building program. That wouldn't bother me a bit. Amen? That just means God's going to bless you more. Would you just, if you would, would you just uh, stand with me? Stretch your hand up here. We're going to pray over these, and then I'm going to let you go. Father God, Lord, we lay our hands. This is just paper with names, but Lord, they represent living, breathing people. People that are made in your image. People that Jesus died for so that they might be made right. They might have this peace. They might have uh, all the benefits and blessings of heaven as well. So, Father, we lift them up to you now in the name of Jesus. God, you see them where they are. You see them in their sin. You see them in their, their, their difficulties. You see them in their bondages. But, God, you love them. You love them. You love them. And Father, we declare in Jesus' name that the hand of the enemy is broken over their lives. The power of sin is broken over their lives by the name and the blood of Jesus. Father, we declare salvation to our household, to our family members, to our neighbors, to our co-workers in Jesus' name. God, use us to speak into their lives. Or, Lord, raise up other people. Bring other people across their path. But, God, I thank you. You're not willing that they should perish, and neither are we. In Jesus' name, we call for their salvation. We call for their deliverance. God, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord of the harvest, Lord of the harvest, draw them to Yourself. Draw them into the kingdom. Oh, God, the kingdom of peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, we believe. We believe for their salvation. Thank You, Father. 
Now, Father, as your people go, Lord, I declare this week, Father, that they will, Father, they will not just settle for where they are, but God, there will be a stirring and a cry within their heart for more, more of you, more peace, more joy, more love, more power, but God, also to use us more to reach the hurting and broken around us. God, we want to see this place filled. Filled, oh God, with your glory, yes, and your power, but filled with people redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Filled, oh God, to overflowing with people redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Use us this week, oh God. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.